Welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Danny Smith, and today we shine our consultant spotlight on Warren Pickett. Warren, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Danny. Thanks for, for having me today. It's, a, it's an honor. I've uh, been listening to both your podcasts and thought to myself, maybe uh, maybe I'd start my own, right? <laughs> if you do that, uh, uh, you know, hey, do it in French, and that way it don't have to compete with you, right? We don't have to go head to head. Not that it's competition, right? <laughs> All right. All right. Good good deal, Danny. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll speak a little bit of French. Peut-être la prochaine fois, là, on va pouvoir faire le podcast en français. <laughs> and you're going to have to interpret that for me because I'm uh, lost. <laughs> I just said, hey, maybe next time we can do this podcast in French. Maybe you can there practice a little bit of French, right? There we go. All right. Uh, you know, in addition to being fluent in French, uh, the other thing some of you may not know about Warren is that uh, Warren is a very fierce competitor. And a lot of that probably stems from his hockey background before joining the workforce in general and certainly before joining the Safe Start team. Uh, Warren grew up as an aspiring hockey player and was a prospect for multiple professional hockey teams until he suffered an unfortunate career-ending back injury. Now, I'm kind of a casual hockey fan at best, uh, although we do have a a minor league team here in Birmingham. And uh, back, uh, well, years ago, I used to go to quite a number of the games back when I was in school. But I guess admittedly here in the Deep South, any, any sport's going to struggle to be as popular as college football for sure. Uh, but talking about hockey, let's go back to that. One thing I'd like to start with as it relates to you, Warren, is when you think about Safe Start, um, do you think that some of the skills that we talk about with Safe Start could have potentially kept you from having that injury that uh, was so, you know, that maybe kept you from making it to the big leagues? Well, you know what, Danny, that, that's actually a really good question. Um, I guess I can say in retrospect, knowing what I know now, um, I, I do I do think, and I've shared my story so many times, I, I do I 100% think that if I knew about Safe Start and I was actually accustomed to the concepts, um, I, I, I most definitely could have, have uh, prevented the injury. Um, obviously, we're talking about rushing and frustration, right? So when you think about, a hockey player getting injured. Um, it wasn't necessarily somebody trying to take my head off, right? It was just the, the something that I've done so many times, just getting up and jumping over the boards to get on the ice just for my next shift. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately my, my skate got caught on my buddy's Jersey and I went head over heels onto the ice and, and scorpions. So you'll, you'll see that mostly cool. in, in skiing, but it, we're not designed to bend that way. So um, unfortunately, I um, I had a pretty severe back injury that that put an end to my career. But yeah, you know, if if I think about you know the maybe the good habits that I would have acquired if I knew Safe Start, just sitting on just suddenly sitting on the boards and waiting for my other player to come, I, I wouldn't have been so rushed to jump over the over the boards. But it's again something that you've done a million times, right? So you, you can do it without thinking. Um, safe start would have, would have kept me into that zone. Um, but as far as making the NHL, I guess that's a question that you never know. Right. Um, sure. my son asked me that question all the time. Do you any regrets? Do you think you would have made the NHL? Are you, are you not happy? And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty darn fortunate to be where I am right now. Um, I, I, I thank God really, I really do. Um, and it's like I say to my son or, or both my boys actually, um, I, I probably wouldn't have met your mom and uh, I, I probably wouldn't have had you guys. Right. So things happen for a reason in life. So pretty darn fortunate that to, to be doing what I'm, what I'm doing right now, Danny. Sure. Very good. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things you think about some of the, 
just some of the little steps that we all have in life. You know, uh, sometimes it's an injury or something like that. Sometimes it's something positive that happens. Uh, even Absolutely. something as simple as a contact with somebody that you meet at a at a conference or you know just in a casual conversation at a party or something like that that uh, you know leads to something else down the road. So uh, you're right. Yep, I mean, yep. a lot of times it's just just a simple thing like that. So you know, thinking about this, you know, I guess safety in general and maybe uh working as a safety professional and certainly as a safe start consultant that probably wasn't the plan i guess we went back to 14 year old warren or 16 year old warren said hey mm -hmm. what do you want to do for, with your life it probably involved a hockey stick i bet right but uh tell us a, a little bit about how you got into safety and kind of your safety background yeah okay well you know then you're absolutely right um i i didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, mom, dad, I, I found my newborn passion. I, I, I want to be a safety professional, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I'm pretty darn sure that anybody in the safety world, um, not, not everybody, but, but mostly, I would say the majority of the people that I talked to had something to do with maybe an injury or maybe somebody that, you know, that they knew a close friend or something, something happened to them. Right. Um, so, so after my injury, um, thankfully, I, I ended up marrying my, my therapist. Um, and we are uh, 25 years in now with, awesome. uh, with yeah, with two boys. Um, Isaac, he is 23 years old. And Noah, he is my, my little 14-year-old. Um, and, and like you said, most, uh, most Canadian boys. So I was born and raised in, on the South Shore of Montreal, so in the Eastern Townships in, in Canada. And uh, it's, you, you've probably heard this before, but every, everywhere I go, they're always, uh, whether it's in Europe or whether it's in the United States, although you guys do have a really good hockey program now, they're always saying it's not fair, Warren. You guys, all you Canadian boys are born with skates on, right? So, <laughs> and it's it's not really that far off the truth. We are kind of, it's it's in our blood, right? Like like you sure. said, um, down, down south, anything in a sport that involves a ball, mm -hmm. um, you know, football, baseball. I mean, those are, are tremendous sports and, and really popular. Hence, that makes me think about a time when I was actually um, living down in, in the U.S. I was um, in, in the Texas region, Dallas-Fort Worth region, and I went to one of, I think it was the Cotton Bowl. Um, it was a college, it was a college uh, ball game. I could not believe like 80 to 90,000 people in the stands just, just screaming, right? So. Yeah. It got me thinking, uh, did I choose the right sport here? I was pretty athletic. Maybe I should have been a football player or, or a baseball player or something. But, um, you know, we're, we're bred to play hockey here in Canada. Um, I ended up uh, coming into the safety world, really. It was kind of a fluke. Um, my, my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, Marie, um, she, she was pregnant for our firstborn. And uh, I needed a job, right? I, I started to try to follow my brother's footsteps, who was an actor. And I, I figured maybe I could be the next, you know, Brad Pitt or the next Tom Cruise or something like that, right? I'm not sure if I'm supposed to name drop. They're not my buddies anyways, but yeah. I figured maybe I could, I could go down that, that, uh, that route. But I quickly realized when I showed up for my first, my first audition, and it was just a simple little audition for a guy that was going to be mowing a lawn, right? Basically had nothing to say. And when I showed up to the audition, there was like 350 people lined up outside this, this place to audition for that same role. 
So I figured, yeah, th- this is this is not going to work. So I gave up on that on that little adventure there, and I started thinking about policing, and and, and I started thinking about maybe being a firefighter because I really wanted to try to give back. You know, when you're when you're a, a hockey player or, or any sports person, really for that matter, you do develop a lot of leadership and a lot of life skills. Um, growing up playing those sports and so so I figured maybe that would be my avenue and I saw in the local newspaper they were looking for somebody to join this uh, it was it was a building products company based out of Charlotte North Carolina and uh, so I saw I saw the ad and I'm like you know what I'm gonna apply for this they were looking for a safety person and also somebody that could develop into a, a production manager so I figured I was pretty young why not you know try my hand in that so I went to the interview um, things, things went really well, but they were obviously concerned with my age. They said, well, you're a young guy, but obviously you do have this background in, in sports and, and you talk to talk, but can you walk the walk? And then it came to the point where they're asking me, okay, so what kind of benefits and what kind of salary you're looking for? So I kind of said, I have to go off the cuff here. I have to, I have to give them something different so that they're going to want me instead of somebody else. Um, and so I just said, listen, you know what, here, here's the deal. If you decide to hire me on, I will work for the first two weeks for free. And then you can let me know what I'm worth. And if you don't like me, you can just, you know, there's the door and, and we're all done here. And, uh, so they kind of found that kind of odd that, that answer, but I could see the guy was looking at me like, and I was actually with the vice president and the, the corporate safety director at this point. Um, pretty nervous. So things that were coming out of my mouth where I'm like, man, did you just say that? I was just thinking that in my mind. Well, little, you know, uh, about two hours later, I get a phone call from, from the, the, the corporate safety director. And he says, you know what, we're going to take you up on your deal. So he brought me into the company and, um, I ended up becoming, um, their, well, one of their youngest at all time, um, production managers, youngest all-time um, plant managers, and then I ended up becoming the corporate safety director within two years. So things just snowballed. Um, but I'm—I was so I, I, to this day, I'm so gr- grateful for that opportunity. Obviously, I worked it pretty hard, sure. but I'm very grateful to to be here sitting with you today and um, being able to help people on a broader scale, right? So worldwide um, right. on how to focus on safety and keep our, ourselves and our families safe. Yeah. Long, okay. long answer, Danny. I apologize. No, that's okay. No, that's perfect. Uh, I, and, so and I think that gives us a lot of your background there too, which is another part of what we wanted to kind of discuss with this. Um, so that's how you kind of got into, you know, I guess away from the sports themes and over into uh, industrial settings, if you will, of, uh, and then into safety specifically, but how did you get involved with uh, Safe Start? How, what was your exposure there? Yeah, oh, so so while I was working with uh, with with the building products company, um, we uh, we used to like we, we're as you would know, we're always looking for the next best thing. We're always looking for something that's going to keep our employees safe. In most cases, it's always the the compliance stuff, the regulations. So I was um, um, renting these little VHS cassettes um, from, and, and there were safety ones, more more compliance, right? Uh, working with uh, with uh, forklifts and working at heights and stuff like this, lockout, tagout. Um, I was renting those from Electrolab way back when, and um, 
the person that the account executive or account manager at the time that I was talking to on the phone, I, I expressed that, you know, I, I would love to be able to, to help more on uh, a, a broader scale, right? So now I'm helping this company here and we're really doing great. Um, we've implemented so many different uh, personal behavior safety courses and, and, and processes, but this one here, and when I saw it, when I was talking to the account, account manager about personal safety and how we can use this 24-7, right? That really hit me. It hit me hard. So I, I, I was like, I need to get more information on this. I need to get more involved in this because this is my chance to actually to, to get um, wider and help more people uh, above and beyond just my company. So I ended up going to one of the public workshops um, that we had in Chicago, and I want to say that was back in probably 2007. Okay, so that's we're, we're going back a little bit now. Um, and I met I met Larry Wilson, Don. You you remember the whole the whole gang that was on the the whole workshop team back in the day. And I just fell in love with this. So I was I presented Safe Start, became a certified Safe Start trainer, and and from there the, the rest is history. Right, I got a call from from Larry and the gang and. Um, would you be interested in, in, in kind of using your knowledge and your experience to come to come help us out with uh, with Safe Start? So that's really what kind of brought me back, um, I guess, grounded me and and, um, and brought me into uh, Safe Start. Sure. What uh, what do you find? And I guess you've got kind of that perspective as starting, you know, kind of on the as a client type relationship and and then moving over into consultant uh very similar to myself and a lot of our other consultants uh as well but uh what do you what do you find or what did you find uh i guess past and present uh what did you find that was really just unique about safe start what was so appealing to you about it to start with and and continues to be well in all honesty it it really has to be the personal side of of safety um you know how if you think about it, if I go back to my experience being, the, you know, the corporate safety director, we put so much effort into trying to keep people safe at work um, and, and focusing on the, the you know, the, the regulations and focusing all, on all the compliance safety. But really, for me, it was it was the outside. It was I was I don't really when I go home, uh, we really don't have much to help us out. There's nobody said, said, saying, did you go over your job safety analysis before right. you? you went and mowed the lawn or, or you got that tractor out or you used your chainsaw. So that was where I, I was, for me, I really hit home and I said, this is where it, it can help me, myself and my family and my friends to actually give us some of these guidelines and, and to listen to that internal voice while we are outside of the work when we don't have all of this structure stuff. So that would be, I would say, the thing that intrigued me the most about Safe Start and uh, is, is what I cherish to this day. So with that, uh, you mentioned family as a part of that, and I know family is obviously a very, very important part of your life. Um, is, is that where you find that you have uh, maybe used Safe Start the most and where Safe Start's made the most impact with you, uh, not only with yourself, but also with your family? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely, Danley. Um, I, I, you know, I have so many over the years, so many different stories, as you would know, right? That's That's what we do. We're just, we tell a lot of stories, right? We try to get people to understand that safety is not just about the workplace itself. It's also at home and, and trying to keep our, our families safe. Now I've been, I've been talking and, and trying to be a good leader at, at home and demonstrate by example. And I've always said it, it's, it's so much easier as a leader 
to, to pull the rope as opposed to, to push the rope, right? So instead of just pointing the finger at my boys and, and my wife and saying, you should have done this or you shouldn't be doing that, I just tried to over-exaggerate and demonstrate little things, little subtle things that I'm working on. And, and they tend to want to follow you in your footsteps. So just a quick example, not, not to take too much time up, but Go ahead. off the back of um, our, our property, we have a little sand pit. So my boys and I, we like to take off and go on the side-by-side and the four-wheelers, right? And, we, and I'm, we're safety guys, right? So I got to make sure we have our helmets and goggles and all, of, all of that good stuff. But it is a risk. It's risky business when you're on a four-wheeler. And, and the beauty about Safe Start is it's not about saying stop your hobbies. You got to stop everything you're doing. But it's really just about putting a little bit of thought into it. So we get to, we get to the sand pit. And my son, my 14-year-old son, Noah, he stops his four-wheeler and he says, okay, dad, he says, listen, it's been raining quite a bit lately and the sand dunes are a little bit different. I can see there's some crevices in, in the sand and stuff. So he says, do you mind if I, if I just, just, you know, go around very, very slowly, just a couple laps, just to see where we're going to go. Um, and just to make sure that nothing has changed too much so that I don't flip my four-wheeler and, and get myself hurt. So I, I looked at him. I was at first, I was a little embarrassed. Like, what, what are you doing, dude? We're like, we're on a four wheeler here. We're supposed to be having fun. But then, <laughs> then I was, then there was this moment that came up. You know, I was, I was very proud of my son. I was going to say, you got wow. the proud dad moment, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I had, I had the proud dad moment right there because you just don't know really, is it working or not? Right. So that sure. for me was a key moment that, wow, he's putting some thought into this. And everything that we've been talking about as far as safe start at home and, and leading by example, he's actually starting to, to key in on this stuff and, he, and he's putting his actions forth. So I was very happy that he did that. And he did a couple of turns. He says, yep, we're all good, dad. And we had a heck of a day, right? So <laughs> it, was, it was really fun, but I was just happy that he at least we're going to do something that's very risky, but he, but he put a little bit of thought into it. He listened to that internal voice. Um, self-triggered, I guess you could call sure. it, right? If we're talking sure. about safe start. Um, so he listened to that internal voice and uh, potentially, you know, saved him from having uh, probably a serious injury. Sure. Very good. Yeah. That's a, a great example. And like you said, it is one of those times where you do have that kind of proud dad moment, you know, it's like, I remember my, my youngest daughter, we had taken her through uh, the, we call it the teen driving uh dvd uh going back showing our age there i guess yeah uh, as everything <laughs> streamed now but it used to be the dvds uh and anyway i remember taking her through that uh when she was learning to drive and, and her coming back and saying you know hey this really helped me even as she got to be an adult you know talking about how it helped her uh in driving and in other areas too right just thinking about those concepts so yeah it is it is kind of cool just to see see uh not only folks that we work with in, in industrial environments, but certainly with our families, just, you know, picking up on these concepts and starting to use them. That's really cool. Yeah. So talking about things on site, uh, what would you say is one of the most exciting things that you've ever happened uh, on site? You know, somebody that just really gets it or maybe a, you know, unique environment that where you just saw somebody that suddenly just kind of blossomed with this, uh, those kind of things. And I guess I'm leading the witness a little bit there, but uh, what, uh, what's some of the most exciting things you've seen while you've been on site with clients? Yeah. Well, over, over the years, Danny, I mean, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, I have so many different, it's very hard to, to really pinpoint or choose just one example. But if I had to, the one that really stood out for me, and you, you can probably relate to this, you know, there's a class of 
80 to 100 people in front of you. And there was just one gentleman. So I was doing a whole rollout from one to five, all the core units. And um, there was this one gentleman that was always at the back of the room, leaning back on his chair. And he had his little sunglasses on. He just did not want anything to do with what I had to say. But, you know, I was... I don't take offense to that because I figured if you can get the majority of the people, we're helping a lot of people. As long as he wasn't taking, taking away from anybody else, I'm not going to say anything. So I just let him be. I let the sleeping bear be the sleeping bear. So, <laughs> so you know, so to say. Um, so I just um, finished unit five and I had wrapped up. And to, and to this day, he had not been about he had not been bothersome at all. And I was, I, you know, grabbing a projector, was packing all my stuff up, and then I was headed out the door. So this this facility was a really, really big facility. So I had to walk from one end to the other, like put it this way. I've been a lot of airports smaller than this place. Um, so I was just about to go out the front door and all of a sudden I hear over the intercom, this gentleman saying, Warren Pickenton, please do not leave the building. So I'm like, what, well, um, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden I see this gentleman, he's coming down like five flights of stairs over there, huffing and puffing. And then, I, and then I, I get a better look at him from a distance. And I'm like, oh, no, that's the guy that was <laughs> kind of sleeping. Guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy. What's he going to do here? We're, we're all alone. I'm looking for a way out here. And he, he gets to me, bends over, and he's grabbing. He was still gassed, like he was searching for his breath. And then he stands up, and he puts his hand out, and he wants to shake my hand. So And he says, Warren, he says, I, I just want to thank you so much for your time. And I, and I want to thank you because I sincerely believe that that safe start saved my life. And, and wow. I went, wow. So, so I shook his hand and I said, do, do you mind, do you mind sharing? Because I tell you, you know, you didn't look like you were too interested in this stuff, but again, I didn't want to bother you back there. You seem pretty comfy. So he, he started talking about, he says, well, you know, after unit four, we were talking a lot about self-triggering on our States and, and the amount of hazardous energy, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, well, normally when I'm on my way home after work, he said, I just want to get home. So he says, I'm always in a rush. And he says, I always get to the left lane, just like a little two lane um, boulevard. I always get into the left lane. And as soon as that light turns green on California Drive, he says, I just gun it. And he says, I pass everybody because I know I have to take the next right. And he said, I do that day in, day out. So he said, you know what? He said, as I got into the left lane and they pulled up to the line and I stopped and it was a red light. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to try this here. He says, what, why am I in a rush? He started thinking, why am I in a rush? And he said, I'm going to do like Warren said, you got to do, I mean, there's one thing to self-trigger on your rushing or, or recognize that you were in a rush, but it's another thing to do something about it while right. you're in a rush. Right. Right. So, so you can relate to that, Danny. So he's, so he's sitting there and he says, I'm going to count to two before I actually go. And he says, then I'll cut somebody off. But he said, I'm going to count to two, <laughs> you know? And then he goes, the light turned green and he went one, two. And as he actually hit two, maybe he counted two steamboats. As he was saying two in his mind, a transport truck drove straight through the red, went through the red light the opposite way. Wow. And, and that was the moment for him where he realized that, wow, he said this potentially, you know, recognizing my state or self-triggering on my state probably just saved my life. So for, for me, that, and to this day, it still gives me goosebumps every, every time I share that story because um, that's what gives us the, that motivation, right, to, to want to keep on doing this. Because you know as well as I do, traveling around and, and, and banging the pavement, it's, it's, it's pre it gets pretty tough. But when sure. you hear things like that, it just kind of brings it back into perspective and you know that 
we're actually changing. That was a dad that went back home to his family, right? So sure. if, it were, if it weren't for Safe Start, who knows, right? That's right, yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, obviously Safe Start starts in the workplace, but I always say it's a very it's like a continuous improvement process because we're learning these skills in the workplace, but we're then taking them and using them on the road, using them at home. And we're continuing to get better with them in those places. And we bring those back to the workplace. So not only was he, did he get to go home, but then he got to come back the next day and continue that process of improvement. Right. So uh, I I love those stories when you hear people that's like, you know, that may not have been just the the active resistor, I guess you could say, maybe just kind of the passive resistor, but suddenly the, something happens and it's that kind of light bulb moment for them. And I just, I love that when you hear those stories. Yeah. And, and I do have another quick one, if you don't mind. So sure. another thing that, you know, Safe has really done, and again, it, it all comes back to family. So we all know that texting and driving right now is, is, is a huge thing, right? I want to say probably two out of every five drivers that I see, they, they have their either looking down at their phone or, or doing something as, as far as being distracted while they're driving. So I have always got into the habit when I'm with my boys, just growing up as they're getting older. Um, obviously, Isaac, he's going on 24 now, so he's been driving for quite some time. But that's always a fear of mine. And I'm not in the car with him. Uh, is he texting while he's driving? Is he actually listening or, or following my lead? So I've always taken my cell phone and, and I've always put it into the glove compartment. I've made an exaggerated move to always put sure. it in my glove compartment while I'm driving. Uh, when, when the boys are there with my wife and everything. So fast forward a little bit. My oldest, he always, uh, when I'm on the road, my wife's at the clinic, um, uh, the physiotherapy clinic. She, uh, I'm always, Isaac will drive my youngest around to some of the sports that he may play. So I asked Noah, my youngest boy, who was 14. And I said, does uh, Isaac ever text at the wheel? Does he ever, do you ever see him playing with his phone while he's driving and taking you to your sports events? He goes, um, no, daddy. He, he actually does like you do. He, he puts it in the, uh, in the glove compartment. And I was like, wow, that is so awesome. Right. So I was, I was demonstrating that I'm really happy that, that Isaac is doing this. So obviously brothers, you know, they want to compete against each other. So, well, there was this one time, dad, you know, that he actually touched his phone while he was driving. <laughs> um, but uh, he said it was, at, it was at a stoplight and um, he, he just wanted to change his playlist. So Noah gave him his phone and he changed his playlist and he put it back into the glove compartment. Wow. So I was like, okay, well, I'll give him that. That wasn't yeah. too bad. Yeah. But it's so, it's so comforting to know that, um, you know, when you're not there, right. And, and that for me is safe start inside out. The sure. more you do it, you know, you, you, you don't need that person over your shoulder. You don't need that supervisor over your shoulder saying, Danny, you got to put your, your, your safety equipment on. Right. Yeah. They just, they found their value and they know why they want to be doing these things so that they can actually be safe and, and probably go on to be with their families. So, sure. Yeah, sorry, that's long story, but I just yeah, figured they were great was... example. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Danny. Great example. Thanks so much, and uh, th- thanks in general just for for giving us this time today to sit down and kind of catch up with you. Always a lot of fun to, to be with you. Absolutely, right on, Danny. Well, thanks so much for having me. But for Warren and the entire Safe Start uh, team, I uh, just want to thank everybody for your time, uh, taking time out of your busy day to, to listen to the podcast today. Uh, that's our time for today. I'm Danny Smith for Safe Talk with Safe Start. And again, thanks for being with us. And we hope you have a great day.